0: Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. This holiday, whether you're making a Kroger Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Kroger has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply.
1: Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or
0: More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Oh my God.
2: First time in a long time, but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side. Beast mode, no one's blocking our way. <laughs> These other guys tried it, but them man ain't got the skills of and Davey, Brazen and Davy. brazing and raging, bringing you the thrills and spills. Right here in 4K, about to blow up like TNT. Us man are too sweet. Brady, DVP, the PV Elite right here in 4k about to blow up like T. i smile too sweet brady dvp the bd elite
1: hello
2: hello hello hello.
1: Braden harrington here with davy portman for b d e elite we are live on twitch and of course where is that davy twitch.tv slash up next podcast hello twitch room yes every tuesday night we watch nxt we are your nxt friends we go live on twitch on tuesdays record up next but we do the same thing for this show bd elite every wednesday night live on twitch chatting all about some all elite wrestling and what a show it was tonight the show that everyone was was intrigued by because you know tony khan Booker of the year, you know he loves to to just promote big promote. big things. Just yeah. promote, just heavy heavily promote everything. So forbidden doors are going to open, forbidden doors are going to shut, and so much, so much, so much. But uh, we'll we'll definitely get into that because there was some debuts. There's
2: always debuts in in too AEWs. many debuts, too many debuts. Yeah, can't even remember who's on this roster anymore. Yeah. Uh, lots of people coming into the
1: company and it seems like two more coming into aew on this show uh, but 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 uh but how are you doing
2: pretty good I, I am struggling today with the with the time i I wasn't able to get my nap in earlier so uh yeah i'm I'm feeling it tonight we did nxt yesterday I kind of got through that all right and then uh definitely feeling the uh, the struggle doing these these late night AEWs tonight, but uh, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, went to uh, the movies earlier. Went to see Scream, the new one. You mean Scream Five? Scream. No, just Scream. Just Scream. <laughs> it's a recall Did you Did you scream? Uh, I I did not scream. Uh, I was the only one in the in the cinema. Actually, I oh. had the whole place to myself, which was oh. kind of fun. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, I I enjoyed it. I. I was curious to see what kind of concept they were going to go with for this one because I've I've liked that on each of the screen films how they kind of do like the conventions of a sequel or the conventions of a reboot and I was kind of curious what they do for this one but yeah I it liked was, it I yeah it was it's
1: con- conventions of modern day horror and still meta and still poking fun at like all the other
2: well it's conventions of a of a. A reboot prequel for this one so number four yeah. was a a reboot and this one was more of like even down to the the title of it as i i kind of said yesterday why not just call it scream five but they even kind of explain five that. with a five so yeah yeah uh, yeah i kind yeah. of I dug it i
1: i i uh i also like they po- poked a lot of fun and callbacks to like a lot of other horror movies in it but then um there there's even like digs at they they did a show like mtv did a show called scream that had nothing Mm. to do with scream but it was like it was pretty much riverdale before riverdale but a lot more gory and i think this movie took a lot from that because the the movies before were never that gory i found it was this one that was like more so so they definitely took from modern day horror they kind of upped the uh, ante a little bit. This is the by far. I don't far know. They've the, all been pretty gory. No, that usually it cuts when you see someone's about to get stabbed. And this no, Scream Two, you've got a pole through a
2: guy's eye in the car. Uh It's still. They've all, be, they've all been pretty gory. This Scream one, one, they're like this, stabbing each other. Yeah,
1: I, I still. This one felt. This one felt like the most like the, like close up, most blood. Like it felt that way. I guess they can do more modern day tricks or whatever but i also there was like a few cameos in it like a lot of fame i did was it sino that told me that cuba gooding jr's son is in this movie also okay dennis quaid and meg ryan have a son who's an actor he's in this movie jack mm. quaid which apparently he's also a cameo in one of those skits we love uh auntie donna so okay appa- apparently he's been in none of those but yeah uh yeah, good stuff. I I want to go to to see Jackass because I heard it's a lot of fun, and I've heard some good things for it. Like longtime fans are like, ah, kind of it's like a, almost like a redemption or a homecoming in a way. So I do have interest in seeing that. Mm. Uh, but um, I'm trying to remember there was a trailer for Scream that, that I'm wondering if you got for the movie called like The Cursed or something. It looked pretty cool as well. Like vampire? No, I
2: I can't even think what trailers there were. I wasn't really paying much attention beforehand. Um, yeah, no, I just got the I got the Batman and uh, no, I can't, I think I might have nipped out to the toilet. I can't remember what else, but yeah, The Batman looks cool. But yeah, the Batman no, I do remember. Cool, yeah. I think it was it when I went to see Spider Man? There was a trailer for a horror film that coming out, so it might be the same one you were talking about. Looked pretty good.
1: But yeah, yeah, I, I always part-
2: enjoy a horror. When yeah. It's good or bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, I do want to check out the Batman. Obviously, we're going to be doing our Justice League review on this free feed uh, eventually in a, in a few weeks, prepping for that Batman movie, which it does look pretty cool. So uh, I'm, I've tried not watching. I've watched the first trailer when that one came out, and I've kind of just avoided everything else. I just want to mm. just go and go and watch it. Um, and, of course, my uh, apparently every Wednesday is when the new episodes of Pam and Tommy drop, so I'm about to go watch that probably after this because I'm kind of hooked on that. Um, and we watch some other stuff because to promote some Patreon stuff, we have a, a great Valentine's Day gift for you, our listeners, our patrons, because if you are a patron, you're going to get our new best match ever coming out this weekend just in time for Valentine's Day. And what better way to celebrate? Great Valentine's Day, Davey. What's your favorite thing to do
2: on, on Valentine's Day? What's your favorite thing about Valentine's Day? Oh, I think it's going back and watching the load of Shawn Michaels matches. I don't know about everyone else. Oh, I thought you were going to say heartbreak. I really softballed that one for you. Uh, well, I, I, I said that on about two of these shows already and the, sh- and the show we recorded earlier. Yeah. So I, I don't like to repeat jokes like you do, Brayden. Yeah,
1: well, I was setting up because people haven't heard that one yet,
2: so... Uh, yeah, you know, they heard the show we did yesterday that yeah. one I would think yeah <laughs> uh,
1: so we're gonna talk all about Shawn Michaels uh, but his original run from 91 to 98 uh, so eventually we're gonna have to do a second part but uh, yeah we, we recorded that today so that'll be out this weekend mm. chatting all about some early 90s heartbreak kid and the best of him in WWF and then our WCW Super Brawl 2 Review uh, will be out this week uh, as well, so go check that out. And then, uh, if you're looking forward to some some things next week, I know
2: uh, what we're going to be doing a a know way out doing the book of Boba Fett. We've got another was next coming out, um, and then we've got at the end of the month uh, our Miz review with Chris Leone. So a oh, lot of variety coming up in the in the rest of the month. Very and str- no way out 2002. Yeah, very
1: strange variety. We're going from Sting and Lex Luger to the NWO in WWF and Hugh Jackman singing. Oh, and mm-hmm. Chris Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan singing. Just all over the place. Patreon.com yeah. slash up next is where you can go for five bucks and support us and listen to all the other podcasts that we do. Uh, and yeah, it leads us to some, some dynamite, some AEW here tonight. Tony Khan promoting that the forbidden door was going to open and another forbidden door was going to open and close shut. I know he's gunning to get that trademarked for sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of people we were, we were speculating a, a bunch of different names. We thought, Hey, maybe it could be um uh, new Japan people because he does say like, it's still someone who's in another company. Isn't that what the forbidden door thing means? It's not just like, yeah, leaving.
2: So, uh, We do get that. Well, it's not too forbidden if you're a a free agent. Yeah. 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 It um, doesn't feel that way. He was kind of promoting two people tonight and, and one of which being the Forbidden Door and, and then the match for Isaiah Cassidy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, right off the bat, guys, no Jeff Hardy. I'm sorry. I know you were looking forward to it, Davey, but no Jeff Hardy tonight. But I know Mm. we're, we're we're getting, we're going to get Jeff Hardy in one way or another. I fucking hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. We're going to get it and I'm going to love it. Because uh, no, I mean,
2: no, no more people should sign to this company for a year. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Like, let's just promote the people we got. I don't want any more surprises. Yeah,
1: I, I, I don't mind when they do it, but I do feel like it's been quite a lot when you do already have a lot of people. But, but yeah, yeah. I do think it, it adds excitement. But TNA used to do it, and I, and it got so like almost boy who cried wolf, like. We have a huge announcement, a huge signing. You won't believe who's showing up, and then everyone's going to tune in. And then they're kind of like, "Yeah, all right, like that's cool." But you made it sound like fucking, you know, something huge, something crazy that was nothing. Where you know the surprises that we got tonight are cool and are pretty great, in my opinion. But when you hyped them up and stuff, like, isn't it just going to make people like you? Like, what was the
2: Christian one when he made it sound like you know you signed? Yeah, it was the the. What was it? The the world of wrestling will change forever, or something like that. Will uh, never be the same again. I don't know, but yeah. Christian- I mean, I, I get I get it. Uh, promoters gonna promote, and uh, uh, yeah, of course you're gonna hype up your show, of course. But um, people do get their their hopes up, and I, I'm not saying these were disappointments tonight, but I do think, um, I do think it's getting a case where it's it's becoming the promotion of who's coming in next is bigger than actually the storytelling you're trying to do. Like we had a, a big title match main eventing tonight, and it seemed maybe the fourth most interesting thing going in that people were talking about. And I feel maybe that's what you should be trying to promote instead than who you're going to have show up for a couple of weeks. Remember when Kylo Riley showed up, like what's happened to him? That was only a month ago and he's already like forgotten about, um, so I think it's cool. Like Keith Lee, obviously phenomenal talent. We talked about him a bunch in NXT. Um, I hope he does great stuff, but uh, I don't know. I'm getting a bit kind of debuted out on, on AEW right now. Um, so we'll see where they go with him and who who whether TK gets bored of Keith Lee in a couple of weeks and then he's just back to doing nothing, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, is it almost like like... Every time they bring in people, it's going to push some of the other homegrown talent back. But then on the other flip side, they've treated a lot of their homegrown stars as stars. So like they do a good job of that as well. But yeah, bringing in a lot of people. Look, again, I'm I'm excited to see all sorts of different wrestlers face different wrestlers. If that's what this leads to, then I love Mm -hmm. it. It's great. And I do like the talent that they bring in here tonight. Sadly, it was no Jeff Hardy because part of me, sick part of me wanted... What, carrying Cross to show up and then he could beat Hangman for the title. Then Jeff, Jeff Hardy could come in and take the title from him. Like there's a lot of fantasy booking. I, I wanted to, you know, NXT and WWE storylines seem to finish in AEW. So that was something hopefully maybe we'll see in another day, unless he's busy freeing his narrative. But, uh, let's talk about dynamite and talk about who showed up on this episode from Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. And it is in Atlantic City, the best place to have Texas death matches. And they roll out the red carpet, but it's not quite the red carpet; it's the the scarf carpet. The the Burberry Burberry right. carpet, because yeah. MJF is going to have a celebration. He's got some some speaking to do, and we get Wardler who comes out no entrance, and he's got like cutout of cutout boards like our cutout of Kyrie, saying in our yeah. Place. He's
2: been given the job of kind of setting up uh setting up for mjf's party but no music or anything
1: yeah but then then justin roberts introduces sean spears he comes out then they introduce ftr he comes they come out and then mjf finally gets this huge big entrance like justin roberts has to read this like whole script that we've heard uh putting shoulders to the mats banging rats and the beat the pg punk and the town of chicago's a dumpster fire and all this stuff and out comes mjf but he's got he's like sitting on like a throne where people are out carrying him like yeah. almost like a greek god like king mabel kind yeah of thing. essentially that yeah that's definitely what i was thinking here and then after they bring him out he's kind of just vibing while his music's playing he's being booed and the commentary are like what this guy's acting as if he won the world title but all he, he beat punk and and he cheated and he's, he's so proud of this. Well, it's a huge celebration. He's then got like two, uh, like ladies beside him who are also helping him come to the ring. And they're what? They're dressed like Princess Leia in Return of the Jedi kind of gold bikini kind of thing or something. And then he just, uh, makes out with them. <laughs> he just makes out with yeah, them. Yeah. With the redhead.
2: He just, he gives her a right old smooch. Yeah. Snog, if you will, right? Is, yeah. that they, is that what they call that? Good for him. Yeah. Good for wow. all of them. Yeah, nice.
1: He goes in the ring, he has a microphone, and he says, boy, it's hot in AC tonight. He then says he's the best, and he doesn't want to hear about no Danielsons, no Hangmans, no Mox, no Kenny, because I am the best in the world. And why? Because I beat the best in the world. In fact, I beat him twice. And you want to know, it was something special. But after I beat him, I did whisper something into his ear. I whispered some words, you suck. <laughs> uh,
2: because there was reports. You could kind of see that he was. Yeah, we kind of meant, we, yeah. we thought he was thanking him at the end last week. He definitely hung out like, by him for a little bit, like Rock and Austin at WrestleMania 19. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure he did actually say thank you or something. But yeah, he's obviously it was on camera. So he's like, "Ah, oh, I said, you suck. You shit, punk. He does say, I do need to say thank you. <laughs>
1: To someone, because they're very important, and they helped me in my match last week. And that someone is my friend, Sean Spears. And mm. Wardlow's kind of looking a little funny, like, hmm, I was the one who helped him. He says, Sean, because of you, you helped me work out before my match, and you put me in the best shape. And uh, I went on to be the best, and I went on to beat the best I'm better than you because I beat the best. And Sean Spears says, well, I got a present for you. You have a new shirt up on PWT, and it says just that. So, wow, look at that. A brand-new shirt
2: already that says he's better than the best in the world. Then CM Punk walks out. I did like uh when... When MJF said the one person he'd like to thank is Sean Spears, you just saw Wardlow behind grab the bottle of champagne and just chug from it (laughs) because he's like, for fuck's sake, just drinking away uh, in the back there. Well,
1: out comes Punk and he's a little just like he's just laughing. He's got a smile and Tony Schiavone runs over. Bless him. Punk just couldn't walk out with a mic, but Tony has got to run over and like give him his essentially and hold the mic for him. And Punk says, huh, wow. Yeah, you really pick your spots, huh? Hmm. And Punk basically says, you know, Sean Spears didn't help you win. I, I, I want, I want a rematch. And well, it's not going to, it's not going to be you, but you, you pick your spots. You beat up me when there's lots of you guys and just one of me. Well, today I got friends and outcome, Sting and Darby. They hang around the entrance ramp with CM Punk and Punk says, well, I want a rematch, but I'm not talking to you, MJF. I'm talking to Ward Lowe. He's the one who beat me in Chicago. So I want to match with him. And this is where MJF starts being a little bit more of the, the guy, like where he, what he dictates. He, he is the, the guy who has the strings, the puppet master kind of. Like,
2: yeah, he kind of backtracks. He starts calling Wardlow his best friend and stuff like that because Punk is is basically telling Wardlow to think for himself. And uh, the only reason MJF's winning is because of Wardlow and he's not getting the appreciation he deserves. And he's kind of... Yeah, Punk is trying to get Wardlow to leave these guys. And and that's when MJF kind of backtracks and is like, oh, no, he is my best friend. And, my best mate. And we're great. And the pinnacle are together and all that. So... He, he They basically challenge them to a six-man
1: when MJF says, no, how about you, you get a match? You don't get to face FTR with either Sting or Darby, these two guys. But if you find another friend, I'll give you a match if you can beat FTR tonight. So basically another one of these games you got to do to get to a match with MJF. But he's saying he cannot have Darby or Sting as his partner. So tonight, Punk has to find another friend to tag with him to face FTR. I
2: I really love this opening. It's it's quite rare. AEW do these kind of talking segments to open. Um, we normally go straight to a match. So when they do do it, it, it kind of needs to be uh, a big deal. And I, I think I saw someone point out on Twitter, this is the first time that a match has kind of been made on dynamite for that night in the whole history of its run which thinking about it yeah i i can't think of anything you often have it set up for the next week or for rampage or stuff like that so i kind of like this it was it was a bit different it left you a bit of intrigue who is punk's partner going to be i thought they did a great job in in furthering the feud with wardlow and mjf and punk kind of acknowledging wardlow and almost giving him respect because Wardlow sort of had him beat the other week on dynamite as well. Um, I thought it did a a lot of good stuff here and, and MJF just in his gloating is very entertaining. So yeah, I kind of enjoyed this opening and uh, definitely made me interested for the match to come later.
1: Yeah. I, I was, I'm always into MJF, anything he does. It made me laugh so much with the epic entrance with them bringing him out. I was, I was laughing. He's, he's such a good heel. He gets you, so heated and uh if you went on twitter right after this segment cm punk uh tweeted out at samoa joe are you in the country yeah <laughs> and then he also <laughs> asked Danhausen, like yo are you around you 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 want to hang out are you cleared yeah are you good to wrestle <laughs> uh so
2: we'll see who his partner is later tonight Meanwhile, Ric Flair was just upset about something, but I, I'm still trying to decipher what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it was, but maybe we'll was mention- it because Punk didn't ask him?
1: Yeah, yeah, was that it? That's weird.
2: I've no idea. I've no idea. But we'll talk that about guy that needs later. To stay off Twitter.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Darby and Sting are actually going to stay, uh, uh, like behind the tunnels, so kind of in gorilla here, as they are going to be interviewed here. Because they finally go face to face, Sting and Darby are face to face with Andrade. Hmm. Andrade, who wants to talk to Mister Sting and his kid Darby, <laughs> and finally they meet him. And Darby's like, "Look, man, I'm not interested in working for you. I don't know why you keep thinking I can just work for you. I, I don't, I don't know." And, and Andrade's like, "Look, man." I just, you know, we we could work together. You should work for me. And Sting basically steps in. He's he's Darby's dad here, and he's real stern. Puts the stern talking to Andrade and says, "Look, first of all, he's not a kid, okay? It's Darby. He's not a kid. And we don't we don't want we don't want to we don't want you. We don't want to do anything with you. We're not interested." Darby says, "Yeah, I got better things to worry about, like myself, and I'm gonna focus on the TNT Championship." And Andrade says, well, you can focus on the TNT championship. That'll do you some good because I'm going to be the next TNT champion. So maybe some foreshadowing of a promo, uh, or, or maybe a, a feud, a story between, I don't know, Andrade or Sammy and Darby
2: and TNT title picture and something. Yeah. We, we've got a lot being set up right now. Um, you could go one way. Like, do you put both these guys in the, uh, face of the revolution? ladder match which if I remember right it's kind of a call your shot didn't Scorpio Sky win that last year and he challenged for the TNT title so I think it's you can choose what title so it could be that they're starting to build up little feuds to go in that ladder match or I mean I, I see it more likely that maybe Andrade beat Sammy down the line and then we set up for for Derby versus Andrade but I, I just want to start seeing uh, I'm enjoying this Andrade character, I am finding it quite funny. Uh, I want to see him, if he's going to do talking segments, more of this rather than hanging around with Matt Hardy. Uh, but I, I'm pleased that he's finally got a bit of a goal in mind and wants to be a champion because I'm a big fan of his wrestling and I don't think we've seen quite enough of it yet. And um, while Sammy's had had a good run, I, I can't say... It's it's been as big for Sammy as say the TNT title was for a, a Miro. So I think Andrade could be a good person to have that title down the line.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I love Sammy. I n- I never thought they should have taken it off him with the Cody. Him getting it back from Cody is is great. But then. You know, I know he's had some little defenses here and there, but, you know, having some bigger defenses would definitely build it back up. And he has, I mean, that ladder match still a few weeks ago was amazing. But, yeah, I'm interested in Sammy Andrade. That sounds hot. That sounds like it could be great. And same with going back to Darby and Darby Sammy, the pillars there and and stuff. But uh, Andrade chasing after the kid Darby is still funny to me, but Mm -hmm. the matches could be good. Uh we go to another match and it is The Blade versus Wardlow. Now Wardlow didn't know he was going to wrestle so he was still in like his suit and stuff for the the party earlier but MJF said no you're going to wrestle tonight so get ready and so he had to change quickly and he's going up against The Blade and Sean Spears is sitting ringside here but this is Wardlow throwing The Blade around a lot of big power moves early on a huge belly to belly as they go to commercial break the blade does get some uh offense in but this time sean spears is literally just sitting there just watching um when we come back from commercial break it's like almost like Wardlow's just done being toyed with done playing around and then just there's power bomb after power bomb i don't know how many power because bo- every time i went down to mark him hitting a power bomb i'm like wait did he just did you just hit him with another in the He's Like and another power bomb. I'm like, holy! Uh, so lots and lots of power bombs. The power bomb symphony, I think, is what they call yeah. it, which is a pretty cool move actually. A name for a move, but then just stands over the blade and gets the pin. But it's like very nonchalant. Like he's so he's you he feel so disrespected from from earlier that he's just like whatever and kills this guy. Poor Blade.
2: Yeah, I, so I get the the fight feed over here. So it doesn't cut to picture-in-picture. Picture. You just have the the match play on. Um, and it just... It kind of killed the match for me. I found this pretty boring. And I've quite enjoyed Wardlow's squash matches. But it, it was similar criticism I had for uh, Pete Dunne, Draco Anthony from yesterday. Uh, where I just felt Blade was getting way too much in. Wardlow... Murdered CM Punk the other week, you know he Punk barely got anything in against him, and now I'm seeing the Blade who's like going toe for toe with Wardlow. Um, I think this should have just been another two minute absolute massacre. Um, I didn't think it needed to be split across the commercial break, but it's telling the story. I do enjoy the the multiple powerbomb thing. I think the crowd are getting louder and louder for Wardlow every week. And are just waiting for him to finally snap on MJF. Uh, but yeah, I can't say I, the match kind of put me to sleep a little. And considering we've had uh, a lot of talking to open the show, I was I was kind of waiting for that hot opener, which I hadn't quite got yet.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was a squash match for me. Still, just hitting the power bombs and stuff. Yeah, Blade got some stuff in. I hate going to picture and picture during matches, let alone. When it's a match, I'm like, I don't even really want to see, see this match, but now I got to sit through it to come back to the finish of it. But whatever, at least it was quick-ish. Um, and still continuing the story. It's like this Triple H Batista story with MJ, MJF and, and, and Wardlow here because they are, they're doing a great job. And eventually, whenever this happens, it's going to be huge. But, um, yeah, we get a video from Penta. Who, if you remember, got missed in the face. So something's happening to him. And it's one of these kind of spooky videos, but we hear him speaking and then you hear Alex, who's doing the Penta says. And Penta says that Malachi Black spit into his soul. And well, if he wants to live in darkness, he should be prepared to face the consequences. And it's time to rise for Penta. And I didn't quite catch the name, but it's what he went by in Lucha Underground. Penta something. Penta Dark, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I I know the spooky guys really are just coming in here and having quick matches and spitting in people's faces, but as a big fan of Penta, I'm like, all right, let's go. Emo Penta, goth Penta, scary, even, even more scarier Penta, meaning
2: no Joker Penta... Let's see, I'm down. Let's go for it. One of the... Uh, when, I, when I think of what Penta is capable of, I think of that, that first season of Lucha Underground where he's just going around breaking people's arms. And if we can start to get that and get more of a, a heelish vibe from him being a little bit more of an evil Penta, I am all for it. Uh, you've got some guys who their contracts are kind of coming up soon like a a Peter Avalon, for instance, why not write them off? Why not have Penta just bring back the arm-breaking gimmick until he's going to get his hands on the the spooky tattoo men? Have a singles match against Peter Avalon, snap his arm. Marco Stunt, snap his arm. All these guys that are potentially leaving the company soon, why not write them off and and kind of build this guy as this this killer? Uh, I'm all for it. No, yeah. I
1: I I love Penta. I would love to see him in a better prominent role because I think the wrestling's there. I think the character something that gets over uh everything about this guy, I absolutely love. And now they're making him even more spookier. They got to lead it's going to lead up to Penta versus Malachi Black in one of those what? Day of the Dead casket matches or buried alive matches or we're going to get something cool? Yeah, we're going to get something. We're going to get a coffin spookier.
2: match, isn't it? We
1: have in Yeah. In- on AEW, yeah, coffin match or something, something spooky. Or he joins them. I wouldn't mind if he was part of these guys because he's pretty spooky. But yeah, I want to see him fuck some people up. Uh, evil, even Penta's already kind of evil, but he's
2: cool evil. He's funny cool evil. He's too much fun. He's the Joker. Yeah, he's, he's the jo- he's Playing he's dress the Joker. up. He's he's yeah. posing with his hands every week and walking no, around I, I like the see Grinch. The, <laughs> I want to see the evil, the evil Penta, who is. He was snapping everyone's arm.
1: I walk I walk around the house like Penta, because I think Penta walks around like the Grinch a lot. Like if you yeah. so I walk around like it's like a cat, right? It's like I walk I do that a lot. I love Penta. I need evil Penta in my life. No more mm. no more joking around, Penta. Evil Penta. Dark Penta. Let's do it. It's time for the inner circle meeting. Remember we used to have one of these like every week? Mm-hmm. So it's happening
2: again. And the summit, the town hall, the yeah. <laughs> whatever you call it. Everybody. Vegas
1: vacation. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, team meeting this week. Team meeting. And it's,
1: you have to show up. It's not optional. So Judas plays. And, uh, you know, one of our friends, uh, shut up, ESK, but Brandon mm-hmm. from New Jersey, longtime listener, post wrestling up next. He actually went to the show tonight. And I know that he wanted to let everyone know that he was belting judas here tonight uh, i know he had just a great time because i think it i think it's his favorite fozzy song i could i could be mistaken He might like the other ones but he he said he had a great time at the show tonight and yeah. uh I, I know he loved this segment as well brandon from new jersey said it was great well judas the people of atlantic city are singing and outcome jericho but he's with uh jake hager and Sammy Guevara as well comes out. Proud and powerful come out separately and they've got some different music. I'm not quite sure if I've ever heard this music.
2: Yeah. They, obviously, the inner circle tend to come out to Judas, but this is different from their usual proud and powerful music, even. So I think this is brand new, kind of showing that they're, they're separating a bit. Yeah.
1: So they come out and jericho's like yo what's the deal welcome to the town meeting i said be here i don't know what's going on with us and santana kind of steps up and says jericho to be honest i would have dropped you already if it wasn't for Ortiz. if he didn't stop me i would have knocked your ass out jericho says whoa what's with all this hostility like you keep bringing up eddie kingston and your respect and loyalty and what about the loyalty for us what about the loyalty for me I I got you here. I got you this success. I, I ever since you got in AEW, you know, I've been the one who helped you basically get rich and successful. So, uh who cares about Eddie Kingston and just because you're in the inner circle doesn't mean I can't kick you out because I brought you in here. Um then he says, "Maybe I got the wrong LAX guys in the group." And then says, "Hey Jake, you think you still got uh homicide and Hernandez number when they they almost attack Jericho when the, it, has, it has to get separated yeah, here. Santana flies at him. And then Sammy's in there like, stop, stop, stop. When Jericho says, shut up, Sammy, when this pisses off Sammy now, who's like, you know what? I've quit this group before and I'll do it again. So unless we don't figure stuff out, uh, you know, I'm not going to be part of this group. I'll leave if we don't figure this out. So kind of walks off and then Ortiz. He takes off the, the, the inner vest, vest no, as well. Not the vest. Doesn't want his vest anymore. Oh, no, not the vest. Fuck. Ortiz then steps up and says, Jericho, we need to settle this. Next week, we're gonna have a match, and it's gonna be against you and Hager. Ortiz and Santana, Jericho, Hager, and we're gonna settle this shit. So next week, the inner circle. Collide, explode the inner circle, combust. I don't know. It's gonna be
2: crazy, pandemonium. And Jericho says, "I didn't want it to come to this, but I'm gonna like smack your face off, essentially." And attendance is mandatory. Um, yeah, I I I quite liked this. I think uh, Jericho is is playing quite a nice balance of being a jerk, but also having some truth to what he's saying. Because, yeah, like he's he bought these guys in and they have been main eventing pay-per-views, main eventing dynamites and that kind of thing. Um But then it's little lines like um, not tagging me in. You robbed the paying fans of getting to see me wrestle and stuff like that. It's it's heelish as well. It, it's a bit of a jerk thing to say. And I think Santana just we've said this so many times before, but he's a star. The guy can talk. Um, I think the crowd are really on Santana and Ortiz's side here. Um, Jericho brings up him him reminding him of Eddie Guerrero because he always thought the world was against him and would always get fired up over nothing. Um, But yeah, I I think it's it's one of these feuds where you you can see it from both sides' point of view. And as a fan, you're going to just pick who you're going to side with rather than... And everyone's kind of... It it's what happens when friends fight. No one really comes out of it looking good. Everyone looks a bit of a jerk in the situation. Um, so I'm kind of interested in this. And I think, I, I feel this is maybe a bit of a diversion until Eddie's back from his injury. So we get Eddie, Jericho, but I think this is elevating Santana and Ortiz as well. So uh, I thought everyone sounded pretty good here. Yeah, Jericho also said like, you guys
1: could be champions. You could be, you know fighting for the champions you had title shot and, and you've lost before and it wasn't mm. my fault like i wasn't the one holding you back he also keeps trying to get the influencer over he's the influencer yeah. it's
2: you've got enough nicknames mate
1: come on just <laughs> the influencer yeah, yeah he's, got miles. he's got a lot
2: he's got a lot too many <laughs> yeah
1: yeah the influencer gfy bro
2: gfy yeah he he hasn't said that for a couple of weeks now <laughs> it, i think he realized it wasn't working it gf wide for sure i think the week he said it when literally moxie opened the show by going hey go fuck yourself i think jericho was like oh well it's kind of well, lame yeah just now saying sucks. gfy
1: it's like it's like friends
2: like the it's a podcast yeah. but you can't see i'm doing the fist thing but from friends although like- I do think it would be a great line down the li- uh, a great line down the road for maybe a Santana or an Eddie Kingston to use it. Yeah. Not only just to say go fuck yourself, but also just in a mocking way because it's like, hey, do you remember when you were trying to get that over? That was pretty lame. GFYY2J. GFYY2J. Yeah, someone's got to say that in a
1: in a promo. The influencer chris jericho i heard he's trying to get that trademark yes y2aj what was
2: it i, I want that white y- was it y2aj Y2AJ. what was it <laughs> yeah Y2AJ. y2aj yeah i need <laughs> that shirt <laughs> yeah remember
1: they sold it for like a week yeah to pretend that that was an actual team before that they're t- gonna be a tag team i really wish i could get that Sin Cara shirt that had the dick on it yeah you've got the Sin Cara lighter haven't you no, Jordan Goodman has the car lighter. Oh, okay. I wish I had okay. the car. I bought a lighter in Mexico that has like a luchador on it, but uh, I don't know if it was – is it Blue Panther, Blue Demon, something like that? Uh, well, the inner circle will collide next week. We go to backstage when we see Rapungi Vice, Rocky Romero is back, Trent Beretta are back, and they're going to have their match with the Young Bucks – On Rampage this week when they are attacked by Adam Cole and the Young Bucks when they're about to hit what looks like the BTE trigger when Adam Cole stops and sees someone and says, hey, guys, someone's here. And we see this person walk into the frame. And are are you ready? Breathe. With the switchblade because mm. Jay White is here on Dynamite as he just kind of watches over here. And then, uh, yeah, kind of some, some tension here. The, bullet, the the Young Bucks look a little shocked like they've seen a ghost or something with
2: Jay White. There's too many men on the field for the Young Bucks here. So, yeah, debut number one of the night. Um, I just want to say uh, John Ceno sent us a message from uh, a tweet that Tony Khan's just put out saying, I didn't secure Jay White until Sunday. I realized after the fact that Friday night I butchered my own definition of the forbidden door in hyping tonight. I heard the fans' feedback and wanted to ensure that tonight was a special dynamite for all. Thank you for everyone who watched. (laughs) So it kind of sounds like he, he signed Keith Lee, said, oh, forbidden door, forbidden door, And then everyone was like, oh, well, it's got to be someone signed by another company. And then he went, oh, yeah, fuck. That's what the forbidden door meant. Hey, Jay, what are you doing on Wednesday? (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think it, I know Jay Jay White's kind of polarizing uh, wrestler. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, But I think with this Adam Cole storyline that's going on, um, kind of bringing back different elements of the bullet club and his different factions and things. I think it does make it a bit more interesting having the current leader of the bullet club, uh, involved. And if he's, if he's stateside for a, a while, why not? Um, so I, I am intrigued. I would say maybe more so from a storyline perspective than necessarily a match point of view with Jay White, but, uh, it is interesting.
1: Oh yeah. 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 For sure. I, I, I'm I've been so hot and cold with Jay White because I I loved him on the Indies and Ring of Honor and I, I, he would be a regular in some Indies even up here in Toronto but I, watching him kind of evolve in in New Japan he was he was wasn't really hitting and then I think he really started to find find his stride and I've kind of I've kind of been a fan and I I I think you're right the storyline I know the whole Bullet Club thing is kind of uh, played out well it's definitely played out uh the only way i think we, we've we come to the conclusion the only way that the bullet club can truly be revived is if they find a new co-leader jay white needs to co-lead the bullet club with shane mcmahon and they'll, they'll <laughs> instantly become the best stable in wrestling again but you know i, I am interested in seeing more of this like Adam Cole's just kind of playing skeezy. I mean, should we just mention the promo now? Because we're on the subject of. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Because, yeah, because later in the show, we get one of these Hey Brandon we live videos from the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. And they say this week, yeah, it's going to be Rapungi versus the Bucks. And now that you guys are a hundred percent, we're going to beat you guys because we're a hundred percent. And it's time to climb back to get those titles back and. And, and this is when they're like, Hey, Cole, you know, you could have told us that Jay White was coming in. And he's like, guys, don't worry. Jay White's going to have your back in this match against Rapungi Vice because Jay White's your man. And, uh, don't worry. And he goes, Yeah, but don't you know, Adam, that Jay White and Kenny were kind of arch enemies and all that. And Cole says, guys, you can trust me. We are now the elite. Well, we took an oath. We may be the elite, but Bullet Club for life and then he walks off and the bucks are like cut it brandon but did you hear anything about jy and brandon kind of ends before cutting off the camera like no but i read something on reddit about him showing up which is funny because a lot of people said that he was showing up
2: on reddit I mean, I think all those weeks when you were saying, oh, I just want Adam Cole to go to AEW and be with all his friends. I think Adam Cole really took it to heart and he's just literally trying to bring all his, all friends. his friends to <laughs> AEW. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I- I'm interested in it. Uh, it. It has potential to maybe get a little too messy, but I kind of trust these guys. We they They expect you to kind of know the history of the group and I think most... Most kind of fans do. Um, and it kind of plays into the stuff that he's been doing with bringing in Red Dragon as well, and them and the Bucks not being so happy about them being there as well. So, um, it's, it's, it feels like Adam Cole's come in and Kenny's left at kind of the right time. And Adam Cole's just redoing the whole group in his own vision. While, while the boss is away, he's kind of like, like the deputy head and the principal's away and the deputy's taken over and, and running shit for a bit. So when Kenny eventually comes back, he's going to come back to a very different looking elite and could set up quite a nice feud. And maybe that's when you get the like, the fracture, the full sort of split where you have team Kenny and team Cole. Um, yeah, I mean, this- yeah, I, I'm interested in it. Like, this is – this is, it's getting out of hand. It's like there was the Bullet
1: Club, and they're saying the Bullet Club is for life. And yet we got this elite, but then we have the super elite. But then when you add all these guys like Red Dragon, now Jay White, Adam Cole, Young Bucks, Kenny, Brandon Cutler, it's the, what,
2: super mega elite for life? Like this <laughs> – Well, I mean, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but while we're on the kind of subject of the Bullet Club – um Adam Cole at the end, obviously Hangman Page used to be Bullet Club too. And the fact that Cole at the end kind of pats the title and doesn't, it looks like he's maybe just going to attack him from behind, which you'd kind of expect. But again, it's kind of just bringing back that Bullet Club story and a bit of acknowledgement there that, hey, Hangman, you used to be a part of this all too.
1: Yeah, I, I, I knew that that when he said bullet club is for life that it wouldn't be the last we saw of these guys tonight in some way shape or form which which did happen but yeah I, I am intrigued i know the bullet club thing is totally played out but the people i do like from it are here the bucks are here kenny yeah he's on a break but he he's here and this whole elite thing and bullet club they all were friends at one point in time through a group cool i'm not necessarily sure i want to see you know Tamatanga or some of the impact people, not, you know, there's anything wrong with him, but it's going to get a little too r- ridiculous if it, if it goes that way. So I'm, I'm cool with this thus far, but leading to some crazy multi-man matches. This is what Ring of Honor used to do, right? Like they bring in different people and have mixed matches with different bullet club mm. people, this forbidden door stuff. Like it's just now it's not going to be maybe on a bigger bigger kind of stage but
2: I, i'm intrigued i think well. that the kind of the goal should be to have the big payoff for whenever they're doing blood and guts right which right i i believe was maybe may last year so i think if you can kind of build and then have whether it be the the super elite bullet club against some baby faces or team bullet club team a bullet club team b or whatever i think and it's not you don't need to necessarily do blunt guts the same time every year. You can, you can have that later in the year, but I feel that would be a good destination to kind of build this feud too. I'm, I'm definitely,
1: I'm definitely intrigued. Jay White, someone I think definitely has stepped up. We've seen him have some great matches, but in great, crazy group matches and stable stuff. And, and again, just pretending story, pretending storylines that happened and, and things that happened that didn't even happen here is just crazy. It helps when you have Excalibur, you know, maybe someone doesn't understand. Maybe someone's kind of new to this and doesn't know some history here. The, the commentary, specifically Excalibur definitely tries to like feed you these little things. Like, Hey, it's kind of like a Marvel movie, right? We've mentioned it's like, if you, if you just jump in, you'll, you'll still love it and you'll quickly learn stuff. And by the next movie, you're going to start connecting some cool stuff. Yeah. But if you've watched like all the little ones, everything kind of adds up and it's kind of cool. Cause I mean, how many people were probably like, I don't know
2: who this guy is. Maybe, but I, I also think by now we've, whether it be, uh I mean, we've heard the term in, in WWE as well, people know who the Bullet Club are, even if they haven't watched New Japan and Ring of Honor all these years. You you can't, avoid, you know, you go to a show, you right. see the shirt, everyone knows what the Bullet Club is. And even if you don't necessarily know who Jay White is, you just hear in this segment, okay, well, he's leader of the Bullet Club and... He was beefing with kenny omega that i think they're feeding enough information that even if you've come in and really don't know the background you can get what the story is yeah and then maybe it's your job to kind of do the bit of research if you want to know more about it and to flesh it out more
1: all i know is more new japan people bring in and then like what you're gonna have uh Undisputed Era versus the Bullet Club or some, like there's got to be more people. Certain, certain people's got to be on certain people's sides in these wars mm. eventually and where it can lead to. Uh, and Kenny's going to come back and be like, I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I don't trust you. Uh, there's lots of potential stuff. So super looking forward to that. But that's not our only big surprise of the show. Our next match, Isaiah Cassidy is going to face a mystery opponent here. And the winner of this match will get added to this face of the revolution ladder match gee i wonder who will win isaiah cassidy (laughs) or the surprise new sign e and the new sign e is limitless mr keith lee the bear cat is all elite here tonight he comes out huge ovation and yeah great great music as well ruckus i know the guy from aw sounded good sounded great And this match starts with Keith Lee just throwing this guy around. There's huge overhead throws, flapjacks, shoulder blocks. Matt Hardy looks so upset. He's like, "Uh, that's not Jeff Hardy. So he leaves. Matt Hardy just looks sad and walks off through the crowd, leaving Isaiah Cassidy. Mark Quinn is like, Matt, where are you going? Come on, my brother, he needs your help. What are you doing? This is, my, this is my taxi partner. You can't just leave us here. And Matt just leaves. Uh Cassidy tries to get some offense in, and Lee just, like, swats him away. The crowd are super behind it. Keith Lee eventually swats him again out of the air. Hits the. He used to call it the BBC.
2: The Big Bang catastrophe, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It's like the fireman carry into the jackhammer. It looks great. Squashes him, and it's over. Keith Lee is going to the face of the Revolution ladder match. After the match, private party, both attack him, but he catches Isaiah Cassidy on the outside and then throws him away flawlessly and then catches Quinn as well. This We've seen him do this in NXT, but just impressive. Just catches a guy like this. He power bombs one onto the other and then apron bombs them as well. Keith Lee is all elite and I am here for it. I'm super hyped to see where this guy can go in AEW
2: yeah um yeah great, great debut for Keith Lee. I really like how um I like how they didn't try to update his look. They literally just went back to how things were pre Monday night raw. He was back in the short trunks rather than the singlet he had his old hoodie that we used to complain like looked a little. A little indie. Still don't like that. No, it still does. (laughs) No, it, no, it does. It does. But I think because we saw them try and change him so much on Raw, I kind of like that for this debut. It's just, let's go back to that NXT indie looking Keith Lee because that's the guy everyone fell in love with. And we saw over the weeks on Raw where they're like, ah, actually, let's put you in a top. Let's put you in a singlet. Let's change your music. Let's do this. Let's do that. It it felt like we just went back to Keith Lee a year or two ago, and I, and I like that. And I still don't particularly like that hoodie thing, but I think for the debut, it, it, it kind of made sense to me. And I thought Isaiah Casty was a great guy for him to go against, because he sold the shit out of everything to make this guy look great. Like, the way he flew for that first Beal uh, was awesome, and I just hope... As I kind of like alluded to at the beginning, I hope it's not a flavor of the month. I hope it's not that he wins the face the revolution, has a match on a big dynamite. And then we see him on rampage once every few weeks, you know, cause this, this guy is so talented, but it's, it is a bloated roster. And, and we have seen the kind of, uh, thing where a guy's hot for a second and then kind of fades into the background a little. Um, So I'm hoping for for big things for Keith Lee. Uh, I did find it funny as well how all of commentary really didn't seem to know his stuff at all. Like, I don't know whether it's a deliberate thing, but he hit the pounce and they were like, oh, big shoulder tackle there. As you mentioned, the big bang catastrophe, they didn't really call it at all. It really felt like it was the first time a lot of these guys have actually watched him, which for an Excalibur is kind of kind of strange.
1: I guess because Keith Lee was on NXT when these guys were watching AEW, yeah. I guess they weren't watching. JR certainly mm-hmm. wasn't. So, yeah, uh, DVRs
2: don't exist. Yeah,
1: uh, I don't know. Yeah, watching the competition. Uh, I, I I loved seeing him here. I hope he wins this ladder match. I I wouldn't even be mad if he were to. I, it would it would be hard for him to just beat Sammy. So like he's got to be a heel, right? Like he's got to get some wins up before kind of maybe getting that title picture in in any title picture, but. Uh, I'm just, I'm just happy. Like he was someone in NXT that I was really, uh, like, before NXT on the Indies was like the PWG stuff. He, he was, he was putting on really great matches. And it's like, wow, this guy's huge and he can move like that. And then in NXT, they definitely like, I felt like they WWE'd him like right away. I know it was some of our complaints when he, he, he finally won both the titles. He beat Adam Cole and it was cool. It was great, but it felt like it wasn't NXT that we kind of were into. But we knew this guy was like the die jack matches and stuff. They were amazing. And then right as he got put on the, the main roster, it was just, it was just whatever they did to him there and just so weird. So I, I am hoping to see, uh, big things from this guy. Cause he's just, he, look at him. Look at the size. And he just got married this week, him and Mia Yim. So congrats yeah. to these guys. A like, big week. I know she was throwing some red herons with these photos on social media. She was like, look, we're on a beach somewhere. Leave us alone. <laughs> we're not we're not uh in Atlantic City no we're on a beach in uh Cleveland or something you know it's fine don't worry but great to see Keith Lee here can't wait to see that ladder match who else is gonna be in it Andrade Darby
2: um yeah I mean I mean is that where you go Sting? with do you, do you put all those guys <laughs> in it um yeah not sure uh, not sure
1: at this point we Well, also, Matt Hardy, basically, it sounds as if he might be leaving the Hardy family office. So that's why he was given it. So it's going to change names again. It's going to be the Andrade family office. I guess so. Until yeah. Jeff comes in. And then private party versus Hardy. That's what we're getting. Uh, we get a video for Britt Baker and Mercedes Martinez. She says, I'm the one who brought Mercedes in. I was all up to me. Ah, ha, ha. And Mercedes is going to face Thunder Rosa in a no DQ match next week. So things are going to get violent
2: here. So Mercedes is hired gun from Britt Baker. Who do you, I I feel bringing in Mercedes is going to add to the, uh, because it felt like it was what Jade, because she interfered in the, in the Jade match. We thought originally that maybe Jade had brought her in. Whereas now obviously Britt has said it was her. Um, I feel it adds fuel to the kind of Jamie hater. Story because it's almost like I don't trust Jamie to do this, so I bought in Mercedes. What do you see breaking first the Wardlow MJF thing or the Jamie Hater Britt Baker thing?
1: Yeah, the Britt Baker thing isn't as hot as the MJF Wardlow thing, quite. Um, I kind of was actually wondering that too. I'm like, wait, why would you hire someone if you literally just got someone this year to? do that for you so i'm
2: just a little it was a little i was a little confused it, it was on rampage last week when when brit kind of said that she bought in mercedes there was jamie behind her who was like mad about it she was like what the fuck why are you like i'm here yeah come on so it, it feels like they are growing that obviously thunder rosa brit baker is the big match which i i hope they they pull the trigger on for revolution um which match thunder rosa Britt baker uh, thunder rosa Britt baker yeah for sure but i feel we're getting the jamie hater split pretty soon as well or maybe not maybe you stretch it could be good because i think she's good in ring and i think brit baker needs some kind of like strong challengers. so if you if we can kind of elevate uh, Britt, uh sorry jamie hater a bit i think she'd be a good challenger for Britt down the line
1: Well, we go to some P and P, but it's Sammy Guevara with some Q cards. And he says he retained his, his title. He keeps retaining it and he's a strong champion. He doesn't matter who he's got to face. And he lists Andrade, Darby, Keith Lee, who cares? I'm always watching and I'm always ready. He's basically stealing Matt Cardona's thing, but he's, he's going to be champion for a while. He doesn't care. He'll take on all comers. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of a, he, whenever he does these lately, I'm kind of just like, ah. I'd rather you just cut a promo. I think you're a champion. Stop. <laughs> why, why are you doing cue cards? I know it's your it's been your thing, but like, don't don't overdo it when you didn't even need to do it. You also walked away earlier, so like, it's it's literally just fill time during like, these. Commercial I guess, breaks. yeah. I, it's uh, it's weird. Uh, well, we go to our next match, which is FTR. Dax the Axe and Cash Wheeler are going up against CM Punk, who's got to find a partner here tonight. That's not Darby or Sting. And CM Punk has found a partner in one
2: John Moxley. The last guy he ever fought in the Fed, right? Uh, yeah, I looked up because I, I remembered he was feuding with the Shield before leaving and... They had the, the Rumble match. Obviously, that was Punk's last match. And then there was a dark match after a SmackDown where CM Punk defeated The Shield in a three-on-one match. Uh, and I was trying to see who took the pin, but I kind of think it would have been Dean Ambrose taking the pin in that. Yeah. And then Punk's last one-on-one match was against Billy Gunn on Raw. So, <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. It, uh Mox being obviously, uh, the shield was punk brought these guys in to, to kind of help him against Ryback and the rock and stuff. So, uh, teaming up with his boys again. That's right. He's teaming up with his former friend, kind of. Yeah.
1: Kind of a big reaction here, bringing him back out that woke the crowd up completely. And it woke me up too, because I'm, I'm realizing, Oh, we're getting punk teaming with Moxley facing FTR. This sounds pretty good. Uh, punk starts the match off with Dax and he's kind of uh out wrestling him a little bit when they start tagging in and out and beating down on Punk who tags in Mox finally who hits a series of strikes and an Xplex on Cash they come back there's a german suplex on Mox and uh then there's exchanges of germans on everyone which was pretty cool there's Punk hitting the flying clothesline and then they start brawling around the ring they eventually put Mox like double back suplex him through the timekeeper's table which looked pretty cool um they then hit like a double slingshot guillotine thing into the bottom ropes as they yell top guys um they beat down on mox who finally finally comes back and starts hitting series of moves there's another crazy back suplex but they continue to beat down on him again um there's then i think is it punk who gets hit by FTR who hit him with the stage dive. I know it as the stage dive, but I know it's what beautiful Bobby Eaton used to do with, with someone, you know, what the move I'm talking about. It's like the one guy, mo- the one we talked
2: about in super brawl. Uh,
1: it's, it's one, uh, like mosh headbangers used to do the stage dive. It's like they hold one guy, holds him and the other, like leg drops them down, you know? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. It looks cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, looked great, but it's broken up here. Uh There's then a doomsday device on Moxley, which was crazy here, Uh, but it's broken up as well. On the outside, Mox gets hit with the Tornado DDT from Wheeler. And then when the ref isn't looking, Punk, who gets pushed into the ropes in the ring, who's legal, gets rung in the head with the r- ring bell here from Cash Wheeler and then gets a DDT, but Punk kicks out of it, which definitely woke the crowd up even more. The crowd is going crazy. He goes for the GTS, but then eventually it's countered into the big rig, the shitter machine. And Moxley out of nowhere breaks that up before the three count here. There's then in stereo sleeper, bully choke submission, and the Anaconda Vice when the ref, I think the ref got knocked down here at one point. This is when Tully gets involved. And Tully, doing his best, uh, what, Hardcore Holly impression? He's just sandbagging him here. Did not
2: want to do this spot, clearly. Punk is like, no, Uh,
1: you're doing it.
2: (laughs) The GTS? Yeah. Yeah, so Tully's just, like, smacking him in the face with his jacket, which, I mean, this guy just took a ring bell to the head and still kicked out. I don't think a suit jacket's going to do much damage. But, yeah, he was really not going up for this GTS here.
1: So he hits Tully with the GTS.
2: Yes, Tully takes the
1: GTS. And he gets rolled up by I think Dax the Axe here, but Punk kicks out of it. Pandemonium. Eventually Moxon and uh, Punk counter FTR yet again in stereo and hit their finishers at the same time. Paradigm Shift, GTS, 1-2-3. Punk and Moxley win in a banger of a tag team match here on Dynamite. This had
2: this had everything. Yeah, this this was really entertaining. Um, I I felt the show needed it. I, I thought we had some really good kind of promo segments, but it was a lot of talking this first hour. And by the time this match started, I just really needed a really good wrestling match, and we got it here. Um, yeah, all four guys just seemed really really up for it, and uh, some of the some of the near falls, like the the saves. What I love about Tag team wrestling, when it's, when it's good is you don't necessarily have to spam finishers because you can have that near save from your partner breaking up. So a guy can finish their fit, sorry, hit their finisher middle of the match and it can't, it won't be the end of the match because it's broken up. So you had a lot of that in here. Um, I felt right at the end after kind of the Tully GTS, it kind of, I didn't feel the landing was maybe quite as good as the rest of the match going into that sort of tandem GTS paradigm shift. But um, yeah, it was a a really fun kind of brawl here. Uh, I liked it a lot. No, I I love
1: this match. I, I thought Punk finally stepped up since coming to AEW with that Eddie Kingston match and then totally outdid himself last week with that MJF match with his first loss and then coming back right away next week with this Kind of surprise here teaming with mocks, which I think you could have advertised this and it would have got a lot of people interested. But instead they did it in a surprise way, which made it even like, oh, crap. Okay, cool. And it was like smash mouth. I mean, punk can can hang still. And FTR, are just awesome. And uh, yeah, a few people in the Twitch chat are reminding us that the Midnight Express called that leg drop the Vegematic. And uh, someone also said that in TNA, America's Most Wanted, used to do it and I quickly looked that up and they called that the death sentence. So FTR clearly okay. pulling out old school tag team wrestling moves, but I've, mm. I've, I I I I honest I fucking love this match. Uh I love this match and I love the main event. I couldn't even tell you my match of the night cuz I thought this was pretty good. And I I was with you. I was like, all right, I'm done with some talking. I want some wrestling and I I definitely got it from this match. We go to our next match which is Jade Putting the TBS title on the line, that bitch title, against—am I pronouncing this person's name right? A Q U, A Q A, A Q no? A. Oh man, see, no wonder Jr. had a hard time because I don't think he said it right. <laughs> I mean, it's, now. it's three letters. <laughs> yeah, I know, but we 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 recognize her because she was someone else in NXT. She was Zayda
2: Ramirez. Zayda Ramirez NXT for a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we've seen her do a a few shooting star presses in NXT. And I was like, huh, I wonder if she's going to hit a shooting star press. Well, She will. She has an insert promo saying she's trained by Booker T and that uh, she's beat the best and she's here to beat the best here. And she's going to prove herself and she's going to take the TBS title from Jade, who happens to be undefeated on this crazy streak. Jade comes out with smart mark, his neck still in that neck brace. Jade just dummies AQA here, throwing her around. She's overpowering her, hitting, like, uh, gorilla presses and stuff. Um, there's a gut buster that's countered into this DDT by AQA, which sets up for the shooting star press. It does look pretty impressive, but Jade kicks out of it. She goes for it again, but Jade gets out of it, starts beating down on her again, hits this... Counter that's like a spinning tornado power slam looks pretty cool. And then it's kind of like Tour of the Islands almost. Yeah, it was just kind of maybe even more speed on, on it. was actually mm. look cool. Hits the Jaded, the implant buster, the face buster, chicken
2: wing buster, and the streak continues. That streak. Yeah, and now they're starting to show it on the screen as well. It came up like 27 and 0. So it's definitely something they're going to be building up. Kind of like a Goldberg streak here, where after each match, we're going to see what the, the tally is. Um, I think I, I listened to Jade on, on Talk is Jericho the other week, and it was, uh, it was pretty interesting, uh, hearing her talk. And this is literally, it says 27 and 0. This is a 27th match. You know, we, we've kind of seen all of her matches. And I think, yeah, there's, there's elements to, um, to improve on for sure but you can see her improving uh every week. I think her move set looks pretty good. It's now like it's the stuff in between the moves and I think uh and I I kind of felt the same with um AQA here as well. There were just some dead points in between kind of like the connective tissue of the match if that makes sense. And I think it stands out a bit more when you've got a crowd who are maybe a bit uh, on a down after the high of the last match because they were a little quiet for this but i do think jade's impressive and if this is what she can do after 27 matches how is she going to be after like 57 matches 107 matches you know she looks like a star and i i think she's only going to get better
1: yeah i i i don't dislike jade i just i still see a lot of like you said it's like there's a lot of things that may not may not connect like a lot of walking around kind of thing like it's it's squash matches still but um i'm i'm totally down to see where the street can go and whoever is the you know i can't wait to see someone finally take it in five years you know whatever she'll just hold this title forever that bitch yeah title uh what wait what's she it? that bitch show sorry that bitch show title yeah that bitch streak something like that um yeah i can't wait for julia hart to break the streak in 3 3 years give it 3 years awesome.
2: i mean you could you could really <laughs> couldn't you and then build her up until she's like really at a point just do these goldberg style matches for now and i think she's i i feel like she's putting more work into improving than a goldberg did So why not have this as the, the long streak of the title? And then you can have more, uh, maybe once we've beefed up this roster a bit and we can have some actual credible contenders down the line, uh, hopefully she'll be at a point where she can actually put on some kind of longer, better matches when she's more experienced. Yeah. I know. I feel like I'm, I feel like I might be in the minority, but like
1: the last time I, a streak like, like Asuka's streak. Like that felt like she was, she was out there killing people. You know, she was kicking people in the head. She was tapping people out. She was doing all that stuff. Mm. It was very, it was very like, she was like just murdering people. It was very impressive. We're jaded. It's it's impressive, but she's having a lot of these squash matches and she's having a lot of matches that don't really kind of maybe uh, feel as good as some of those other ones before. But I, I think you're right. I think in give, given due to even more due time, she keeps improving. So who knows where she could be in a year from now she could be amazing she could be so well-rounded because i do think she's got the charisma to to do this for sure she's she, and, i mean the look, I, and the look at her i mean she's like a, a, yeah. a action superstar no,
2: superhero she looks like a star and and what i kind of respected in that jericho interview and it's something i i bang on about a lot is she says she's taking acting lessons as well which i feel like every wrestler should do you're on a on a tv show every week where you're required to act I feel like they all should. So, uh, yeah, I, I think she's definitely got a star quality. I can completely understand why they're not just sort of keeping her in a in a little studio kind of just doing drills all the time. Like you're gonna want to capitalize on someone who looks like this and has the star appeal as she does. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how she goes. But I, I thought she was. She did some pretty impressive stuff here. That that move right before the, the Jade did, I thought... Uh, I kind of missed it at first, so I had to go back to kind of see it and look very cool. Yeah. Yeah, more
1: from Jade down the line. That bitch show. We got this promo from the Young Bucks that we kind of mentioned before with Adam Cole and talking about Jay White. But we go to our next segment after that, which is Serena Deeb, who comes out, the professor of pro wrestling. She says... That the last time you saw me, it took me three minutes to beat my opponent. And, well, it doesn't matter who I face, but I think I could beat anyone. So I'm going to have the Professor Rookie Challenge here today. And I'm going to show that no one can go five minutes with me. So Deeb now is going to go one-on-one with Katie Arquette, which I had to make sure. Does David Arquette have... Kids, (laughs) Kids, <laughs> siblings, relatives who are also wrestling. Uh, but no, I don't. Th- I, I, As far as I know, I'm aware, this is no relation to David Arquette. But Katie Arquette here against Deeb. Deeb goes after her. They kind of tie up and Deeb kind of gets uh, like she's supposed to be the technical wizard and, and all that. Gets a little frustrated right away. So goes and locks in a series of twisting technical holes and then the spinning – neck breaker twist and shout then an arm wrench turns it into the tequila sunrise or the serenity lock as she calls it and well katie arquette did not last five minutes but katie arquette did last one minute two seconds before she tapped out and deeb wins
2: uh yeah like very very quick squash i kind of like it for serena deeb this professor character this heel uh, this new heel persona she's got. I think this is a a good thing to have. I found the placement a little odd coming sort of... I, I felt kind of... I, I enjoyed most of the stuff on this show, but I could have done with spreading the matches out a bit. It was very top, like the first half was all talking and then we sort of crammed all these matches right next to each other. And we, we sort of had a bit of a squash with Jade Cargill just prior. And then we had it even more convincing squash from your non-champion right after. So I just found the placement a little odd, but I didn't necessarily hate the segment. Yeah, I mean, if I was watching,
1: I'd be like, okay, well, wait, Serena Deeb just beat someone in less time than the champion did.
2: Exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, that is true. That is true. I do like Serena Deeb. Uh, I'm kind of down with this. It's like Kurt Angle with the open challenges, like any of these technical Mm. wrestlers who used to do these open challenges, but this is the rookie challenge. So someone's got to be the... What 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 was it? Kurt Angle, Daniel Pewter, who like actually
2: wrestled him there and pissed off Kurt, took down Kurt. Or no. well, yeah, I mean it. It could be a yeah. a great way to debut someone, couldn't it? If you've got someone at uh, like QT's school who you're kind of uh, training up and you're you think is going to be a star, you can do that kind of John Cena ruthless, ruthless aggression, aggression. Thing one week where you have someone makes a big debut beating beating Serena Deeb in this challenge, Julia Hart. I mean, is she? would she be considered a rookie? I mean, she would be uh, compared to Deeb, but
1: yeah. Uh, We go to Jurassic Express, a little video here for their tag team match. Jurassic Express are going to face the Gun Club for the tag titles. Jungle Boy's mad that he got thrown in the snow. He actually does say that. Um, You threw me in the snow and I'm mad about it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They call them the Ass Boys. Well, the Ass Boys say... Uh, don't worry. Look at us. We're going to be the next tag champions because, look, we're gorgeous. We're gorgeous. And Billy Gunn says, We got two words for you new champs. So, Rampage, Jurassic Express versus the Ass Boys. Are you excited?
2: Yeah. Are you excited for the Ass Boys? Sure. Yeah. They've, they've built this up okay over the last few weeks. I think it's time we go to the match. Uh, and let's see how those ass boys do in the jungle
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow someone please clip that ass boys in the jungle uh we you know uh, we, you know really cheap plug here but we are doing best match ever sean michaels heartbreak kid and uh the famous the famous ladder match there's a lot of ass boy in that match there's an ass boy in that yeah for sure yeah just watched it today so there was a lot of that's the biggest bum spot in wrestling Shawn Michaels in the ladder match, whereas bum it's just out. It's out, it's out there. It's okay.
2: not just out. He hits an elbow. Yeah, he's like, hold on, I got to hit the that's, elbow that's first. That's the best bit. That should be these guys <laughs> No, it's guys the best but, yeah. They should both go to go to each corner, get their bum out, and, and hit a hit an elbow. Wow. Is it? Yeah. I hope they
1: don't do anything related to, I like kiss my ass kind of thing. Like what else? Ask? Like a vento mega,
2: but with the bums out. Cause they, kind of thing. cause
1: they hit a finishing move called the three ten to Yuma, which is like the, like the, you know, like a Western. So they're kind of like they're, they're cowboys, right? Like the, the gun club, but I don't right. know if they have an ass, like a double ass hip attack or something, but the ass boys, they, very very good. Um, Well, I'm I'm looking forward to that match. We go to our main event, which also features a cowboy here. The world champion, Hangman Adam Page, going to put the AEW title on the line in a Texas death match in Atlantic City.
2: Yeah, okay. Before we get into the match, I'm going to get my one quibble out the way because I really enjoyed this match. Stop calling it a Texas Death Match. It ain't a Texas Death Match. The rules are different, and you're not in Texas. So, so why are you calling it that? Maybe that's why they're don't, not in Texas, so they didn't want to. But th- these aren't the rules of a Texas okay, Death. So what match. are the rules? The a Texas Death Match is where you have got to pin the person first, and then the ten count starts. Right. Whereas this is more like a. I think last time they did this in AEW, it was just a last man standing match. And then this time they said it's, it's the 10 count or submission. I don't know. Just just call it something else. I, I don't know why you'd yeah. call it the name of a, a match. I I find the, the rules kind of silly for a Texas death match, but you've you've got a long history with this match and what the stipulations are. I don't know why you'd just do different rules.
1: Yeah, so this is, they're calling it a text. And in Atlantic City. Yeah, in Atlantic (laughs) City. Great. But it's basically a last man standing match. A 10 count. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what this match is. But Hangman versus Lance Archer. But as Archer's music hits, he's in Gorilla about to go through the tunnel. Hangman actually attacks him. So he's taking the fight to Lance Archer. We've seen Archer attack people before their match. So it's almost like Hangman was. Getting the jump on Archer here, so they're attacking each other. Uh, At one point, is there like a plane of what a plane, a pane of glass here randomly in the tunnel? I don't know what it was there for, but Hangman throws Archer through it. Like, is there always? Well,
2: they like all the heels have come out now, so let's let's screen it up or something. Yeah, it was a little. Yeah, it just grew a window. (laughs) Like, do they always have that there? Cause I, I don't I, know. Never really uh, I, I thought exactly the same. Don't get me Do wrong. Do they walk it around looked, this thing? It looked maybe? cool.
1: Oh, it looked great. Cause there's also a shot that is like from the inside of the tunnel, which looks awesome of Archer just going through this thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it looks great. Uh, they're beating each other up. Archer is bleeding already early in this match. Hangman goes for the buckshot, nails it, but it sends Archer to the outside and he gets up before the 10 count. There's then trash cans and Hangman goes for a tope, but is just smacked in midair with a trash can lid. Now he's bleeding. We get not only Jake the Snake walking around ringside acting suspicious as fuck. We get Dan Lambert, who's then unscrewing the ropes and turnbuckles of the damn ring.
2: Like, he's just taking the ring apart. Which, at first I was wondering, why are they doing that? And then I realized because Hangman can't hit his finish without a top rope. Got you. That's right. The buckshot. So, so was like, I was like, oh, actually, that's kind of smart. And also just the visual of it. It just looks like absolute destruction when you've got all these weapons everywhere and the ring kind of just destroyed. Uh, visually, it, it looked really impressive.
1: So the ring is being destroyed here and the turnbuckles are getting down. Jake the Snake is walking around. Hangman's bleeding, like I said. Uh, there's then double tables that are being set up during Picture in Picture here archer tries to do the blackout off the apron through the tables but hangman eventually gets out of it and starts beating him up this is when jake roberts gets involved and short arm clotheslines hangman here the crowd gets super excited like they want to boo it but they're also like that's pretty fucking cool and then they start to chant for the ddt which then jake goes for the ddt but archer stops him and says no
2: fuck off this is my match Stop taking the heat. It's like, dude, you're 70, you're retired. Yeah, like, like can this. I, can I win? Thing, so, so Archer
1: gets his heat back by stopping his own manager from hitting his finishing move on Hangman here. Uh, Archer then gets Hangman back in the ring and there's a trash can set up and he chokeslams Hangman on it, through it, whatever. But Hangman gets up before the 10 count. Um, there's then just so much more blood, not only on Archer, but on Hangman. And if there wasn't enough blood, because, you know, both of these guys love to bleed in their matches. If you've mm. watched their matches, specifically Hangman as of late. But clearly, Archer thought to himself, people laughed when they said, hmm, Texas death Match.' They laughed. They weren't ready for this kind of match. So I have to make it or I have to take it to the next level as he grabs a fork. And Lance Archer then stabs and starts to carve the face of Hangman Page, and Ugh. I mean stab. These these were like these were like shank, oh, yeah. shanking him in the face here with these this fork thing. There is just so much blood, but repeated shots and stabs to the head with a fork. I don't know how he does this, but then this sick bastard licks the fork clean. Disgusting! Gross. So gross! Disgusting. Oh God! I was screaming at my TV. Uh, this is just getting even more worse here he gets at one point a steel chair that's wrapped in barbed wire he then sets up steel chair sorry the steel steps and then hits the blackout on hangman onto the steps that are like set up sideways and hangman bounces around it looked like his back was in a million. Oh, oh, this looks so nasty. This looks so painful. Imagine you just got stabbed repeatedly in the head, and then you get flipped upside down with such force onto these steps, and then you bounce around. It looked like his head hit the ring post as well. Just, just terrifying here. This the and there's blood absolutely everywhere. It's just a horror scene here. Too bad this wasn't in Texas. This looks like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hangman looks dead. They're now somehow he, he answers the 10 count and he's up. He's barely fighting. He's got blood in his eyes. They both do. They're going strike for strike. The barbed wire chair comes into play. Hangman takes barbed wire off the chair, wraps it around his own fist and and forearm and elbow and does the rolling elbow. And then another one with the barbed wire. And then we have Archer. Who's like kind of staggering from these barbed wire shots. Hangman. Let's go of the barbed wire. It drops to the mat, which then the ref is trying to clear the ring a little bit because there's trash cans over here. There's chairs over here. And he goes to bend down to kind of move this barbed wire out of the way when Hangman sees an opportunity, runs, flips over the back of the referee, landing on his feet, hitting the buckshot onto Archer as they both go flying to the outside through those double tables that were stacked earlier. And, well, Hangman barely gets to his feet at nine, but the ref counts the ten. And, well, Lance Archer is counted out. He couldn't answer the ten count. Therefore, Hangman Adam Page retains the AEW world title in a horrific match. What a scary movie this was
2: yeah i love this i um i think archer i don't think anyone really thought archer had a chance of winning this thing but i think i think he's got a great does a great job of just making everything look really dangerous and me- and maybe it just because it is but he's got this uh sort of energy that is quite scary to watch and quite a few times you're like jeez someone's gonna get seriously hurt here and i think it lived up to the name okay it, had my quibble about it not really being a Texas death match, but it definitely lived up to the death match part of it. And I, I think, uh, hangman of all the AEW champions so far, so far, his, his record of title matches. I think he's, he's had the best run so far. Like the, the, the two Danielson matches and this I, and you, you count the kind of Kenny match where he won, I think really, really strong. And I just wish they sort of I hope after this they they start treating him more like the more as the focus of the show as your main champion because I feel the last few weeks this really hasn't had much of a a great build um not certainly not enough to justify the kind of violence we saw in this match and I think maybe if you even took one of the smaller segments out this week to just do a bit of a, a video package to hype it up, to make it feel like a big, important title match. It would make the champion feel more important. And I hope moving forwards, we're going to start getting that. And he's going to start feeling like a bigger deal because I've I preferred these his matches so far to any of the kind of Kenny defences or the John Moxley defences or the Jericho defences so far. Um, I, I was really impressed with this. This, this over-delivered for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I, 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 totally know what you mean. Like they, he won the title, and then he's kind of not an afterthought because then he did the program with Danielson. And it was just so fire hot, and the both matches were amazing. And then he's just kind of chilling. We got a lot of TNT stuff. I like how AEW has lots of stuff going on, so they can shuffle different things on different shows. That, mm. Like it, it's, it's cool. It's fine that way. But I mean, at least he could have, as champ, cut a promo and did some of the things instead of video form and stuff. But Uh, they had an okay build. Like we were kind of like, ah, Texas deathmatch, you know, Lance Archer is basically Kane here in AEW. But man, I mean, yeah, we know he, he does have some crazy violent matches. And this one, this, this one delivered for me as well. I mean, the, the blackout spot on those steps was nasty. But if we're talking nasty, we got to talk about disgusting because that's what that fork, spot was and I was absolutely here for it I was loving it I was in it I was I loved this match uh, so much and I'm happy that hangman just standing there bloodied and beaten like he barely got out of this fight and Adam Cole comes down to the ring grabs the AEW championship he's holding it but he walks over and puts it on the shoulder of hangman and says congrats champ and walks off,
2: leaving Hangman a little confused. Yeah, commentary was saying when he was coming out that he's that Adam Cole's the number one contender. Um Interesting. Which which I guess from the the rankings, but I would have thought I mean obviously MJF is still tied up with Punk, but I would have thought MJF is the number one contender now. He's certainly um won more matches. He's been in the company longer. And it's and especially obviously it was unsanctioned the match against Orange Cassidy, but to have him really he lost to Orange Cassidy was that last week? Yeah, it was very recent that unsanctioned match, and then going right to being number one contender Uh when he t- feels tied up with other stuff. But maybe this is more of a long game, and this is maybe the the first seed planted. But yeah, I just hope moving forward, I think Hangman should kind of open the show next week, have a big kind of, you know, champions opening, celebrating, and then to set up for his next feud. I do want to see more focus on him. But it's it's definitely intriguing, the stuff with Adam Cole, and I think that's certainly a match we're going to get down the line. Yeah, I could see that as the revolution match, Adam Cole
1: versus Hangman. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hangman, uh, Adam Cole, throughout his whole career in Ring of Honor, NXT, and now here, he's always conniving with friends and turning his back and using people to get what he wants. And he's just going to do the the same thing here. But I mean, that match sounds awesome. I've seen it in ring of honor battle of the Adams. I mean, the story writes itself. We've talked about on the show. Hey, I made you change your name because I was already Adam. So you had to call yourself hangman. So people could differentiate the two Adams. Cause we both are two guys with long hair. And now, now look at us. I'm going to take that title from you and all that stuff. But I, I would be so down for that match. That's easy money right there. But he didn't attack him because he said earlier, Bullet Club is for life. Yeah. So what's, what's going to happen? There's definitely a few interesting things that could happen. I mean, you could get a whole angle where they turn on him and they beat up Hangman again, or I don't know. It's interesting. And, um, I, I thought this episode had a lot of pressure because again, when Tony Khan does his Twitter fingers and, Hypes things up, uh, gets people talking, and instantly people are going to be like, "Oh, it's not going to deliver." But I thought this show delivered. It had two banging matches, and it had some great progression. And it still didn't even touch on the Danielson Mox thing, which is going to apparently he's going to speak on Rampage. So, I mean, that's still mm. something that we didn't address either. So, just good stuff all around.
2: Yes, solid episode for sure. Um, yeah, found the. As I mentioned earlier, the, just the order of some of the stuff may be a little odd. Um, but, yeah, the, the tag match and that main event was was excellent. And I thought some really strong promo segments and story development tonight. So, yeah, really, really solid show tonight. Lucky Brandon. Honestly, honestly, a, a super
1: hot show. I, I love all the wrestling, and I think that it kind of makes the revolution card kind of fill in. Like, I think we're getting Punk MJF 2 at revolution. And that's kind of maybe a number one contenders match. I think Cole versus hangman can be the main event. Uh, there's a few other ones, Jericho, Eddie Kingston, I would imagine Moxley Danielson in some way. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, are we going with this stable thing with them? Jay White, Um, someone, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot going on, but maybe some sort of multi-man, uh, like tag match or something. I'm all, Um, I'm all for it. Yeah well uh, a yeah. solid episode of
1: dynamite here i thoroughly enjoyed it uh, this is the, the great wrestling show they definitely delivered here uh can't wait for some stuff uh next week and going forward but guys thank you for listening we appreciate you listening and supporting us here at up next at bd elite follow us on twitter if you haven't already at up next podcast and join us on facebook there's a facebook page and a facebook group you can join uh, up next group. We'll let you in. It's fun. And uh, yeah, you want to hear more and support patreoncom slash up next, all the different podcasts, so many different things we're doing. Go check us out and listen. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Davey. Any last words? That is it. All right.
2: No, no, I think
1: we've said all there is to say. Well, I myself, Braden Harrington. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. I'm at the
2: Bray D and you can find me at Davey Portman.
1: That's it. That's all. See you next week. And Bullet Club is for life.
2: Ahoy!